this week it's all about patterns patterns human patterns patterns in nature just emerging patterns and this came about in an amazing conversation with Rosalind Snyder now in this conversation we go deep 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 into her realm theory this is a big big conversation and if you're in if you're into patterns and see systems and into system thinking then you're going to really really enjoy this um, Rosalind breaks down her realm theory into the three realms and then ex really explains those and there's great opportunity for me to ask lots of questions which hopefully helps you to understand it in a greater depth and we talk about its application we also talk about the paintings just just not just about how this is a mathematical pattern but she's also painted it and sang it and danced it it's um i'm a bit lost for words with this conversation because it's there's so much to it and it's really really powerful um, I've listened to it back again since and there's so much to bed in so if you find yourself having to stop and pause and reflect for a while you know don't don't worry about that there's a lot in here um, if you if you really do resonate with this I'd really love to hear from you please reach out because <clears throat> I think right now the world needs a lot more people who can see systems see patterns and really explore those so we can start to see our future trajectory. Anyway, Rosalind's super fun to talk to. She's got a great sense of humor as well as an amazing depth of knowledge. So enjoy Rosalind. Hello and welcome back to WA Real. I'm your host, Bryn Edwards. Today I have the great pleasure of speaking with Rosalind Snyder. Rosalind, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bryn. Thank you for asking me. You're very welcome. So it was only yesterday we were on the phone talking and the topic of patterns came up. Yes. And I said something that rather interested you because I was talking about the changes that I'd noticed that people go through between the rough sort of age of sort of 37 to 42. Mm-hmm, yeah. And, and that through the variety of people that I've spoken to in the podcast, I've listened to the stories and I started to see patterns and that's one of those particular patterns that I've experienced and was actually a catalyst for me to start this as I tried to understand the world through other people's stories rather than book learning, yep. which I was very good at before, <laughs> reading all this stuff and then putting maps on the world and then realizing that the maps don't fit. And then in the middle of that, we started talking about patterns and that's where it kind of got exciting and that's where we agreed to have I'm this conversation. Yes. So at a top level, Right, summary, intro level. Tell me about your pattern. That you <laughs> the pattern that I see? Yes. Okay, so I have actually seen this pattern mm. since I was about five or six years old. Right. And I just assumed everyone saw it. Yes. And so... And that's interesting. Yeah, because I just assumed everyone saw it. Yes. And so when I first started school and... The pattern helped me understand maths really well. And I started doing maths two to three years ahead of everyone else in the class. And I'm, it was really confusing to me that why couldn't other people see this? Hmm. And then, and it was also the pattern is in human relationships and it's, it's everywhere. And, you know, sometimes the teacher would respond in certain ways and I'm like, that's really weird. 
they're not seeing what I'm seeing. Mm. And they weren't seeing beyond what was happening here. And so that has actually guided my entire life because I wanted to understand what I saw. Yes. And right. You wanted to make sense, sense of, of totally you made sense. Yeah, because this was like as fundamental as this table in front of us now. Mm. I could see this. And so all through my strolling, that's what I was trying to find out if any other one... Well, at first I just assumed everyone knew it. Yes. And then afterwards I was like, hmm, a lot of people don't see this. So I started to explore that. Mm. But along the way, because I've had a quite an interesting upbringing, um, I've actually lived with probably close to 100 people growing up. Right. right. <laughs> so when you live with people in a household, it's very different from just meeting people. And so this pattern was playing out everywhere. And so it ended up, um, I left school and then went back and studied pure science because I was basically told that science has all the answers. Right. So I went mm. and studied physics, uh, chemistry, mathematics, and it was like, yeah, they're all interested in patterns, but they're very small patterns. Right. Right. Is that what you were saying earlier on with the teacher? You, just, you, you see, see it, it here, yeah. but why don't you go? Why don't you see that connected into that, 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 like yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The interconnectivity. Yeah, the, the total interconnectivity. And, you know, like in physics and chemistry, it's all these theorems, you know, the force of the glass here. But it's very, very isolated and little. So... I worked out that science wasn't going to help me mm. understand that. And so I decided to study psychology. Right. Because I grew up in an environment where there was a lot of, I suppose, violence, alcohol, drugs, and a whole heap of behaviours that weren't, I don't know, healthy. Productive <laughs> Not healthy at all. Yeah, yeah. And then I ended up working in a medical laboratory. Right. And in this laboratory we had lots and lots of medical specialists in the centre. And I started to recognise that there was a pattern in their dynamics, how they interacted with people, which just intrigued me. Mm. But, and it was the same pattern that I grew up with, but what they were doing was different. Right. So, um, so for instance, in my childhood, people would drink way too much, these ones would buy lots of stuff. Right. Buy but yeah, and it was still trying to feel something, it felt like. Mm. And so that's when I decided I'd go and study psychology. Right. Um, along the way, I had got married and had a couple of children. And so when I started studying psychology, it was, it was amazing. I was learning all this stuff, and I was still, but I was still just like, this isn't what I'm. I've been able to see. Hmm. It's little parts of it, but yes. really tiny parts of it. Yes. It's like a glass in your liquor cabinet. They were teaching me about this glass, not that there's 30 different glasses and they're all used right. for different things. Yes. And so that sort of frustrated me a little bit. But, you know, I graduated, did really well. And, and then it was six months after I graduated um, I had a dream hmm. and this dream was of this very concrete picture which is known as the map and 
what I've discovered in this simple picture that I can explain to someone in two to three minutes is lots and lots of psych psychological theories. Right. So um, another psychologist did her doctoral thesis on the theories that are in this simple picture that I drew. And the, it's a very concrete picture. Um, it's, and it's about the emotion, emotional landscape that we have. Hmm. And what I've discovered is that it applies to everyone. And it has places in it, um, like the Swamp of Feelings, the Rocky Paths, the anger and guilt mudflats, the depths of despair, right. the avoidance marshes, the desolate desert. Um, and so this psychologist went along and um, did her doctoral thesis on it and she found 32 um, psychological theories within this little picture. That already existed or? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, all the different theories and, and all of that. And meanwhile, I'd started using this in my psychology practice. Um, and I, I've had quite astounding re results with people because I didn't diagnose You've been them. practicing for 20 odd years, haven't you? Yeah. 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 20, 20 years. And so in my first session with someone, I would show them this little picture and I'd just say, and I explain it and say, whereabouts are you? And they'd go, oh, I'm stuck. I'm here. I says, okay, so you're in the anger and guilt mudflats. The map shows you, because it's a map, we have to go through the swamp of feelings, get to the forest of hope. That's our treatment plan. And it doesn't matter what the diagnosis is. So the patterns that I was seeing growing up, so for instance, that um, thing where I said the emptiness hmm. and people trying to fill that emptiness hmm. is in avoidance marshes. In the, the what? Avoidance marshes. The avoidance marshes. So you avoid the emotions. Hmm. So when we avoid emotions, we, sh we sh actually shut down the feelings. Yes. And we go into our headspace. Yes. And we love book learning. We love book learning. learning. <laughs> book learning. Yeah. And we want to analyse everything. Yeah. And you would have heard of the term analysis paralysis. Yeah. Right? But... That's a good... Yeah. yeah. So, but then people are left with this emptiness where their heart and yes. emotions need to be. So then they fill it with something. So mm -hmm. some people fill it with drugs, some fill it with working 80 hours a week, some fill it with um, power and prestige, but they're still feeling empty. That yes. never fills it until mm -hmm. we actually get a heart connection with someone. Um, and then there's other places that will also have addictions or that, but it's for a different reason. Yes. And so it's an underlying root cause of the behavior rather mm. than just the behavior. And so I had this really successful private practice. Um, I had at least a year's waiting list most of the time, over 50 doctors trying to refer to me, um, worked with some very, very extreme um, situations and crises and that. I've worked with it in prisons and all of that. But going back to the pattern, this pattern in this map is a small part of a bigger pattern. Right. Right? Because the pattern in this map gets you 
if you go through the map and get to the Seymour Mountains, each time you do it, you get closer to the center of your life, <clears throat> right? So when the psychologist interviewed me for the doctoral thesis, one of the questions she asked me was, um, when you teach about the map, you tell everyone it's a mathematical model. What do you mean by that? And how would you do it? And I said, well, the, the map is actually like a graph. And she was like, a graph? And I said, yeah, but a four-dimensional graph. And as I said it, I was like, that's not right. Even mm. though that's in her thesis, I've said yeah. it's a four-dimensional graph. And I went away and I started really reflecting on that. And what I realised, that it was multi-dimensional, not just four-dimensional. And that it was part of this bigger pattern. And so then it was like, wow, what am I going to do with that? And so then I went back to university to do a PhD um, to basically, um, I suppose, describe this pattern and then sort of put all the research into it. But once again, it became bigger than this. And a PhD is supposed to be a very... This. This, <laughs> but deep down. Yes. This was deep down, but it was connected to everything this way as well, and above. Hmm. And, and so I spent three years researching, um, reading, and you talked about book learning before, and you know, when I went to university, because it was so new to me, because I'd left school early, I didn't feel that educated, I worked out that I read over a thousand books Whoa. in my three years of Whoa. undergrad. I would sit in the library, this was before we had the computer systems to, to search for abstracts and stuff, and I read every abstract in journals from like 1920s to now. Every abstract in the Journal of Personality and Individual Difference, the Journal of... Whoa. And then I read the complete works of Freud and Jung. So... Whoa. <laughs> So I had this huge book learning, um, which has all gone into this pattern, which I have now published as realm theory. Yes. And, and so what I've done, it's, it's actually in probably a field called quantum chaos, but it could also be called just complexity theory. Some call it nonlinear dynamics. And, but basically, the universe could be divided into any number of little sections, right? Which then becomes too overwhelming, right? But a single frame of reference is too simplistic, hmm. right? So realm theory has divided it up into three realms. Right. And then within each of the realms is three worlds. And the three realms are different frames of reference. Mm -hmm and the worlds are different states, I would describe it. Okay, we'll dive into that more <laughs> in a second. Set. Yeah. Um, just before we do dive okay. into that, what strikes me here is, and I don't know whether this is just 
what lights my fire as well at the same time is that you know you're talking about reading a thousand books or the abstracts what we're talking about here is almost like a operating at a meta level yes aren't we and do you think that this is probably quite a personal question for me (laughs) do you think that some people are just wired up to think at a meta level or do you think we all have the capacity for it I think some people are wired up um, to think at that level and but a lot more could be trained to think and encouraged encouraged. because when you talked about and I won't dive into this too long uh, because I know most people and I want to get into the realm (laughs) when you talked about you saw something but you you were confused as to why the rest of the world couldn't see it couldn't see it there have been frequent times in my life where I can just extrapolate things and yep. you can see where they're going to head. Yeah. Um, but nobody else, you, you can try and explain that and everyone sort of just glazes or it's, or it's just a bit too much or yep. this, that and the other end. And for many years, I thought, coming out of 11 years of being in a boys boarding school, which was quite a closeted, English yep. boys boarding school, which was quite a closeted environment, and I was just trying to make sense of the world as well at the same yeah. time. I just thought that it was me. Yes. Right? What, why is it that I am drawn to seeing the... Probably because I'm a bit slow was my conclusion that I dropped <laughs> into. And that everybody else had already got this. And yeah. they already just operating. They didn't want to spend time talking about this stuff. They didn't right. But at the same time, everyone was falling into the same bloody traps all the time. Yeah. And it was like highly confusing. I was like... And then, you know, I did the, the, the masters in business psych and went and worked in, in as a consultant. And then you start to see the same mistakes repeat. And you're just like, well, if we make this decision, this is what's gonna happen in 18 months time. Yep. It, it's obvious, you know, and I'm living it right now in my part-time job. And, and you're like, why just, and for me personally, it's only been in the last two years that I finally get to the point of going, no, I just, I'm not putting tickets on myself, I just see things slightly differently. Yeah. If someone can do this, I see it like this. Yeah. So one part of the training I do with people is um, identifying each person's own energy pattern, right? And this is like we're all born with a particular energy pattern mm. and um, with realm theory. So there's eight alternative core energy patterns, eight keys um, which is what you have to do to open it up um, key power which is your internal power but what I wanted to get to is the focus mm. and there's eight levels and so some people work at the micro level mm. so they only see micro sort of things and so it goes micro singular plural like group um, systemic universal and then beyond so there's these levels and so I know that my energy pattern is at the universal level Mm. I'm not at the beyond level and I've met people that are at the beyond level and um, and so that's where my focus is and people each have their own focus that they're they're born with and when we all 
are keyed into that, everything, this is my dream, everything becomes in harmony because yes. we're living our nature, place and purpose. So everything we do... It's not that we can all be all things. Thing. No, not at all. The, the key is turn, look in, find your energy pattern. Hmm. Right? So if when you're one you, of these very micro people, yeah. then potentially a job in engineering and things like yeah. that is completely for you. Yes. And I've just been working with someone who's a musician and everyone wants him to be this universal musician and he's just identified that he is um, at like a family level or a, a small group. So now he's looking at how can he have his little concerts with just 20 to 30 people. Right. Because that's what suits him. Yeah. Does that's he want to be in like a small quartet, quartet. or something yeah. like that? Yeah, he doesn't want, and people have been trying to put him on a big stage and it's, and it's like, that's not me. That's going to freak me out. <laughs> well, it's not even freak. It's yeah, just not, not. Because he says, I like that intimate connection with people. When you're performing in front of that many people, it's just like, huh? Yeah. You might as well be for him. But someone that's universal mm. will love that. Mm. Right? So there's these, um, yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. So should we get into the realms? Yes, we can do that. <laughs> Is that the best way to approach um, this? Yeah, probably the thing I would like to just... Um, so to understand realm theory, we actually... It's a, it's a, um, a big paradigm shift. Yes. Because most of us want to see things from an independent framework. Can you explain what that means? Um, so from outside, so we can see this glass and the water in ah. it, right? And it's totally separate from us. It's totally independent ah, from the, us. Always like the scientific viewer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, in psychology, we've learnt to not be involved. Yes. Not get intimately involved with people, but we are mm. sitting here. We're connected. We can't say there's no connection yes. here. And so the, the three paradigm shifts to actually understand realm theory. And the first one is from an independent frame of reference, yeah. where we view things from an independent point of view to an embedded in experience. Yeah. Right? The second one is from a single frame of reference to three alternate frame of reference simultaneously. Tell it again. So from a single frame of reference yep. to three frames of reference simultaneously. Right, so they coexist. Yep, they coexist at the same time. And the third one is um, consideration of the negative space. Right. So most of us um, focus on the positive form. So we focus on the glass. Yes. So this is a glass of water. Yes. Right? But if we put something different in it, it's a glass of something else. It's still a glass, right. but its purpose is different because it's yeah. got a different liquid in. And so the negative, so a room in a house, right? Yes. The room is the wall, that's the positive form, but yes. what we actually use is the negative space. Right. 
So it's not negative as in bad. Bad, no. It's, the... it's what we don't see. Right. Right? And space is full of that. And space is full of that. Yes. So, and that's what the, the three frames of reference are. And that's what, so that's what realm theory is. Okay. Is having the different frames of reference. But when you look at anything in its complexity, it's simultaneously. Yes. Does that make sense? It's coming together. So we have, <laughs> so we have an independent frame of reference. reference. From an independent to an embedded experience. From an independent to an embedded Embedded meaning from okay. the... Yes. Which out. is, yeah. There are, there's one frame, but three, all at the same, same time. time. Yep. And that we also have the, almost like the positive okay. container, but also the negative this, container. Yeah container all at the yes. same time and they're together at the same time yes right yep so for instance um i'll give you an example from psychology cool so um so a child comes in because they're misbehaving at school right so if we just look from one frame of reference and in psychology we're really trained to look at that individual because psychology is about the individual mm -hmm. But anyone that knows children, their behaviour is a reflection of what's happening around them. Right? Mm. If we don't consider that, yes. then we're, we're not going to help that child. No. And yet we tend to focus just on that child. And a lot of people will say, you know, the problem child is the squeaky wheel of the family. No. You've heard that? It's, yes, but it's the indicator of... A... It's the indicator of something. So I've had this emerging hypothesis which I've floated in the podcast recently, which is that our mental health, our rising mental health stats, depression, anxiety, suicide, yep. is an appropriate response to a traumatic and crazy society. Totally. The, the system... But yeah. yeah, the the system um, dictates what happens to the individuals within that system. Mm. So if you have a toxic work environment, yes, you will have a lot of people with health problems. Yes, right. And so realm theory can be applied to all of those things to mm. actually, and it's so when I said you know we each have our own nature, place, and purpose. A business will have its own nature, place, and purpose. Yes. And if they live true to that, yeah. then people within it will be healthy. Yeah. Right? Schools have their own nature, place, and purpose. And, you know, the way we actually educate, the way we focus so much in society goes against all the, the natural laws. Hmm. Very individually yeah. focused. Yeah, and it creates fragmentation. Hmm. So it, it creates fragmentation within people, but it also creates fragmentation within inside your brain, which, when our brain is fragmented, leads to mental illness. And so I actually learnt this from Aboriginal elders about right. the connection. So I'd done like eight years of formal studies in psychology, yep. plus all this time practicing and talking to people and that. And 
you know, most of psychology is based on talking therapies. Yes. Which assumes verbal and conscious. Yes. Except the verbal conscious centers of our brain is a very small part of our brain. Yeah. The rest of it is unconscious and nonverbal. Yep. And, and is to, oh, yeah. yeah. So while we focus on one, we're actually neglecting everything else. Yeah. And one of the fundamental things with Aboriginal culture is everything has art, song, dance, story and language. Right? When we do that, so when we learn something, and I spoke to you on the phone yesterday, so when I was trying to get my head around realm theory, I did the paintings. I also actually danced realm theory because that's embedding it mm. so it connects everything in my mind. Right? We can't just learn it from a book. We can't just have, oh, this is your learning out learning objective, here's your outcome. Yes. Because that's not about life. That's about fragmentations of life. Yes. Which is part of why I crack the shits with individually focused coaching and and, and many of these things. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah which is why What's your goal in life? Yeah, yeah. Well, and which is why a lot of the healing programs I do now is group-based because everyone's learning from everyone else and it's all interconnected. Yes. And so we have such better outcomes. So I had someone just in the last week that I have been seeing for 15 years in individual practice. Mm. And like, I think I'm fairly good at the individual practice. But we knew that there was this one thing that just wasn't working. And I said, yeah. look, come to the group. And she's like, there's no point in coming to the group. I know everything you're going to say. She came to the group and on the second day, it was so obvious what the issue was, which she had never thought about consciously, mm. never talked about. And it was... And in, it was a total fear of going out into nature. So she was telling me she needed to go out into nature to feel connected, but she was never actually doing it. Right. Because there was this overwhelming fear that she hadn't even identified. Once we did that, I've seen her now and she's like, everything's come together. <laughs> and you know, I've been seeing her so for 15 really... years, once a month, in the beginning I saw a, a lot. Yeah. But, you know, and even, like, I didn't, I knew there was something not right, but everything I tried in that one hour session didn't get there. Yeah. But in a group where we're just doing art and song, dance, and all of that, it became so obvious. Mm. And there really is something about having other people and you know we can't identify ourselves and see ourselves in a vacuum no we do it by brushing up against others totally which yeah i go back to 11 years of being in a boys boarding school i was doing all day every day yeah yeah but then Some things weren't healthy, healthy in there trust yeah. me but yeah other and, bits. but that's still very singular mindset Yes. And so, and we tend to feel really, really comfortable talking to people like us. Mm. But the real, 
I don't know, challenge and expansion is talking to people not like us. And that is just like, wow. Mm. And there's nervous system in there to play with. Oh, absolutely. Because you're actually stepping outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. You know, it's it's threatening our safety, who we are, uh, our belonging, our dignity, and any of that switches. And then it's sympathetic nervous system, closed down. Totally. Yeah, I don't want to be here. I'm off to my moral high ground. I'm judging you. I'm comparing you. I'm doing all the things to make me feel safe now. And as soon as we do that, we disconnect. Correct. Right? Realm theory is about connection of everything. Mm. Because at an energetic level, we are all connected all the time. Yes. And it's only in our mind that we're in this high ground. Yes. But it disconnects us, which then impacts Or so we think. Or Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Totally. We, we think. But... Because talking to Sean, Sean the other week... He was very clear with me about even when you feel disconnected from spirit, spirit's always with you and through yes. you. <laughs> yes, exactly. But we can, like consciously, we disconnect. Unconsciously, we're still connected, right? So that we can actually disconnect our actions from our thinking. Well, mm. even within our actions, we can, and you'll know people that will say one thing and do another. Yes. That's a disconnection. It's not in alignment. And then, you know, people will think something, they'll say something, but that's not how they actually feel. And we just go down the layers until we get to this energetic level, which is where this all sort of sits. This is awesome. (laughs) I love this. (laughs) This calls me in. Right then. Should we go so, into these? Yes. Are, we, are we ready? I don't know. Do you feel like you're ready? Yes. All right. Um, so, the three realms. Yes. I have defined them as realm one yep. is everything with form and substance. Right. That's everything we can define. Right. Um, and that's in the here and now in reality. Right? Mm. I commonly call that our everyday reality. Yeah. Right? Round two is everything with form, with no substance, and everything with substance with no form. Right? I know. Right. Okay, so the things that have form and no substance is energy, is one of them. Electrical energy. You can't hold on to it. Yes. We can see the impact of it, but it actually has no substance. So, so does that have... It has form. Form. But, well, when we measure it, we can get a waveform. Yeah, we can get, but it has no substance. It has no substance. Yeah. It weighs nothing. Yeah. It has no mass. Right. So simultaneously, there are things that have no form, but, but have, have substance. substance. And this is a really interesting one. So are we now in that negative space? So, yes. I'm anchoring it back to that. Yeah, 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 we're in the negative space. So in um, quantum physics, or no, it's not actually, it's universal physics, where they've actually discovered by calculation that there's a mass in the universe where we can't define, right? 
in realm theory, I've actually used the word holy to describe yeah. it. And I've chosen that word in um, quantum physics and stuff like that. Some call it dark energy, dark matter. Hmm. There's uh, lots and lots of different names for it. I've actually chosen to call it holy um, from um, Aristotle about 2000 years ago. And he described holy as a substance in our brain that's not thoughts. Right. Right. And then um, another researcher also who was um, wrote a book about the history of the mind, he talks about Hawley. Right. And because I'm a psychologist, that sort of fits. Yeah. And so I've called it Hawley. So we have and energy G, yep, and Hawley. And Hawley. Okay, so that, that's the second round. That's the second Just round. Just me back into the first one. That was... So that's everything with form and substance together. So, so like the, that's like the universal set. Yep, that's this glass, the water in it, the table, you, me. Everything. Yeah. But your thoughts are energy. Right. So that's when we go to round, round two, two and start to delineate. Yes. But where you're a whole person. Yes. And if we took all the electrical out, yeah. you don't exist. Yes. All the energy out. Yes, so now we're talking so different perspectives. Yeah, and that's what I, I say. We have to consider the different frames of reference simultaneously. Yes. So when and people when, say, oh, I'm just electrical impulses. Well, technically, so yes, yes, but not. not. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm just this physical form. Well, you're not just the physical, physical form. You have the electrical stuff going through you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So in... Um, so an example of the Huli is something that we can't has no form. So if you think about dreams, mm. right? Have you ever had a dream where you've woken up in the morning and you are either furiously angry yep. or sad? Yep. That's an example of the Huli. It has right. substance because it's impacted you. Yes. But it has no form. We can't go, here's your dream. It's throughout. Now, uh, yeah. So, and round two is dual. So everything in round two is dual because of this. Dual. Uh, yeah. As in yeah. two sides. Yes. And so we have energy and holy above and below. And the above and below are just terms to signify it's above and below everyday reality. Right. Really. But it's because... Like realm one, um, time is linear and space is three dimensional. Right? Yeah. In realm two, yeah. time and space expand and contract. Right. So, have Which... you ever had the experience of driving somewhere and it's taken six times longer than you thought it should? Yeah. Or that, and this well, often is so gross so that it's. Done. Done. Yeah. Right? And similarly, you can take substances which do that for you. Totally. You can drink a load of beer yeah. and then the yeah. next thing you know, it's 1am in the morning. You're like, yeah. what happened? Yeah. So, and in other cultures, so my daughter-in-law's Indonesian and they have a saying over there that time's elastic. Yeah. So, so much of their life is actually in realm two, whereas mm. so much of our life is in realm one. Yes. We have time, time's linear. We have schedules, we have this, mm. and it actually disconnects us from realm two. Yes. 
which is everything, well, form without substance or substance without form. The other part of realm two, if you, so I would say um, like the, the duality is like the duality between quantum physics and the collective unconscious. Right. So the, that one. the quantum physics is the energy, the collective yeah. unconscious is the holy. Ah. Right? And um, so I've read, an, um, this is a, from a, another book, there's a psychologist um, researcher, um, Pribram, Pribram, and he's, he's written, his whole research is for the last 20 years of mm -hmm. his life is about a holonomic brain. Right. Which is um, how everything's connected, but everything is within everything else. Yes. And so he wrote this book. Like a fractal. Yeah, it's a fractal. Yes. Yeah. So he wrote this book about the brain and being. And in there, he's interviewed a quantum physicist. Well, there's just this little bit. And they discuss that the further you go into psychology, the closer you get to quantum physics. And the quantum physics physicist said the further in you go for quantum physics, you get to the consciousness. Right. And this is the round two hmm. part. Um, yeah. So, so is this what, certainly when you talk about Hawley and dreams, yeah. And then through my knowledge of reading Jung, we yeah. get into the collective, collective, and we get into archetypes. Yes. That then are like. Yep, and then metaphors fit into there as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And our stories. So, you know, but our... Yet, archetypes only seem to illuminate when some energy... Hits it. Hits it. Because they they're... They sit there dormantly. Yep, exactly. They're moving very... Well, we don't... Yeah. And it only activates um, when energy... Except it's actually the other way around because Hooli is the pattern that energy must follow. Oh, and that's how we've got into it's patterns nice. here, isn't it? Yes. Oh, this is good. <laughs> so, yeah. Hooli is the pattern that the energy must follow. So, the Hooli is like a blueprint in us that the right. energy must follow. And so if we get imprinted in a really negative way, our energy follows that. Well, so if we take on somebody Our else's or an external, external blueprint. Yes. Which then yeah. that's when we can have a disconnect yep. and from we our true nature. Totally. So if we now go back to, uh, if I'm racing yep. around. So if we now go back to my whole pull around that age between 37 and yep. 42, the way I've described that is that um, it's almost a realignment period where, where two, things, two things start to come crashing in, and in on themselves. Yep. One is all the stories that we've picked up from everybody else, yep. whether it's mom, dad, best friend, teacher, careers advisor and then onwards from there, society, etc., etc. you get to a place where like, well, I've done the thing, but I'm not getting the result and it's not quite, and, and also it's leaving me feeling hollow. Yep. 
But then there's another really important part, which is the way I've described it, is that it's around about 30, what I'd say is 35, 36 before this, is the apex of the individual power. Yes. Which is where we've defined this identity based on I am this, not that, that yeah. and I'm that, not this. And then all of a sudden, you know, so I, I'm good, I'm not bad, I'm generous, I'm not stingy, I'm these things. And that's when we're pushing our shadow away. Yep. And, and, and denying part of our true nature. And then all of that stuff that you've, that you've chucked into boxes and chucked into the, you know, down below and it starts yep. to stinking up the joint, all of a sudden goes, we want some fucking time. Yeah. Now we want some time to shine. And you come out yeah, and then you start acting in very strange ways. And all of a sudden, things that were important yesterday are no longer important today. Yeah. And, 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 and to me, it all just kind of made sense now. It's still difficult to, that's, that's yeah. the, the best of my articulation I'm just showing you today. <laughs> right. Yeah. But now there's this sort of, you know, if there are parts of, if there's, so if I'm understanding you, if there are almost imprints of blueprints of who yeah. that is diverting energy. Yes. And at the same time, we're only forcing energy into parts oh, of our right. blueprint, but denying other parts of our yep. thing then there's going to come a point where, where the whole of the imprint goes right off to the external this, stories and, and this energy is flowing through all of me. Good, yes. bad or indifference, but that's your judgment opinion. This is just who so, you are. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Or is that yeah, how the, you interpret well, it? Well, yeah, that's, that's um, yeah. It, it's having the imprint of someone else that leads you to not living your true life. Yes, yes. Right? And it happens so subtly and easily. And it can be mm. as simple as, oh, you're just like your father. Oh, yeah. When you're growing up. Or you're, you're this. And so many people try to define what you are. So I was really good at maths. Yeah. I was really great at computer programming. And my lecturer in computer programming was just like, you would make the top computer pro... Like, he yeah. was actually stealing my programs to teach. Yeah. Because... And I would just look at him and go, well, that's not who I am. I'm not going to sit and be a computer programmer. That's... But they couldn't see that. Similarly, my son was very good at maths. Um, but he was also really good at drama and stuff. But the teachers kept saying, oh, you can be a doctor, you can be a doctor. He has absolutely no inkling about health, medical. Like, it was, it was so far from who yeah. he was. Yes. And I'm like, why can't you teachers see that? But it was based on a grade. Yes. And that's and so people don't see whole people, mm. right? Mm. And it happens in all walks, all levels of society and everything. We also have, and you touched on it about the story, but the story of our family. So it can be generational. Mm. That's passed through, and we we see repeating patterns in families. Yes. And that's part of that, the, the holy that's been passed on. 
Yeah. And because it's when we give the story meaning. Yes. Is that when we give the give story stories, some energy? And, yes. And then it manifests. And then it comes yeah. to realm one. one. Yeah. And it... And it manifests and then we do the things we... go. Oh, I would never have done that. Yeah. Why did I do that? Yeah. And then your partner goes, yeah, just like your dad, you know. Yeah, and, and like, oh. yep, all of that. <laughs> yes. Or your mum. Yeah. So, so that's realm two. So then realm three is just just one oh, second okay. before we hop into realm three. There's a question that I don't know how to articulate it here, but there's some. Are we overstating the role of ge passing genetics? So genetics have energy and holy in them. Right. So every, this pattern is in everything. So it's in the cell, it's in the genetics, it's in right. us, it's in our families, in the system, it's in everything. Mm. Right. Okay, cool. Can you see where I was like? Yeah. Because we yeah. often go, oh, it's just passed the genes from one person to the other. And then I'm listening to you, I'm like, oh no, it's passed the holy down. Yeah, but then, the, the genes are, have, yeah. because everything has um, energy, holy, yeah. and all of that in. Right. So now we're into round three. Okay, so round three is everything with no form and no substance. So everything. No form. And no substance. Right. So that is time. Right, yes. Space. Yep. And the third one of this I've called omneity. Yeah. Which just means everything with no form and no substance that's not time or space. Can you give me an example? No, because I don't know what it is. Right. <laughs> but it, so in theory, there Every, should be so that, so it's everything, everything that has, has no, no form, form and no substance that's not time and space. That's, that's also not time. time. And not space. And not space. Yeah. Oh, it's exciting to even consider. Yeah. And, and that's how, you know, so if someone discovers something else that has no, that's part of the omneity. Yes. What's the origin of the word omniety? Uh, well, it was often used as in universe, God, right. all of that. But I didn't want it to have a religious thing. It's just <laughs> something that's like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like that. So. Yeah. And so now I said realm two was dual. This realm is actually... Triple. Yeah. Right. Um, so it actually, this is, um, mm, I'm trying to think of a concrete example. Um, so in here, time is actually infinite. Right. Space is infinite. And because so. it's not got. Yeah. And so numbers. have you heard of string theory, brain theory? Um, so they, they talk about infinite dimensions. 
Yes. So that's where this comes in. This it just goes forever. Yes. And yeah, and it's um, in this one. It's here, there. Well, for space, it's here, there, and nowhere. Yeah. For time, it's here, there, and no when. Yeah. And for the omneity, it's here, there, and no why. Right. So they're all here and there. Yep. And then no why. Is there's no there's no reason for it. Yes. Can't make that point. And there's, <laughs> so, so there's no, no time. Which is no when. No when. So you can't. And, and there's nowhere. nowhere. So in the beginning, I said there's three realms and then three worlds. So that's um, technically there's actually like nine realm, nine worlds in realm three because it's a three by three by three. Yes. Well, actually, it's um, twenty-seven. Two. So there's one, two, three, and then twenty-seven. Yeah. Because it's a three by three by three. Yes. 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 Right. And so that's where the complexity comes in. Yeah. But if you want to. Um, do stuff in the everyday reality. We have to consider those other ones within this here. So we have to consider it within this glass, within you. So how would we do that? So, um, so within you, because this is the area that I, I work in. So for instance, with someone with post-traumatic stress disorder, right. the time's distorted. They relive the event from previous. Then? But from then. Not yep. here. Not here. Then? Yep. Which is there. Yeah. But the there comes to here. Yes. So we actually have to switch them back to heal yes. them. My here stays here and my there goes there. Yep. Yep. So, so that's... Similarly, um, with the energy, right? Um, so often people with depression have decreased energy, right? So that's a realm two issue, not a realm one issue. Right. And so then we have to identify the root cause of the no energy. So is it a physical illness? Yes. Right? Because often I get people referred to for depression and I'm like, hmm. And, you know, I've had people actually be diabetic. Yes. And other things. And I'm going, well, it's not. They've got low energy because they're diabetic. Yeah. <laughs> right. But we look at, is there too much, like basically too much hooli and not enough energy? That sort of balance. Right. So in round two, it's about getting balance and harmony. Right. For you to to function well in your life. And realm one is where we identify um, things that have happened in the past or what your um, yeah, what your life looks like. Right. And then the impact of the energy and holy that influence that. And then look for the time distortions or um, space distortion round three. three. Yeah. Right. It's beginning to come to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, but before you can do any of that, the number one thing is to, for it all to be combined is the relationship between you and me. Yeah. I, we can't do anything until we've got a relationship. Right. 
right? And in therapy, it's called the therapeutic relationship. Yeah. In business, it's called business relationships. You have to actually have that relationship before anything really happens. Yes. And if that's not in place. Yeah. And the relationship is built on all three realms. Which kind <laughs> of ties in it. So. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. So it's, it is, it's, it's quite difficult to explain in a linear fashion when it's so non-linear. Yes. And well, you so said something to me just before we started this recording, which was you always have to build the mindset to meet the theory. Yes. Which as you said before, is that a form of brainwashing? Yes. Um, and I would argue no, um, because what we do isn't about teaching you how to think or what to think or anything like that. All we do with the work I do is connect you to your nature, place and purpose, which is yeah. connecting you to your part, your place in the whole pattern. Yes. Right? Because I can't see... The pattern from your point of view no because I can only yeah I can only see it from here yeah right so it's no good me and so brainwashing and all that is me teaching you my pattern yes that's useless to you again we're about to imprinting holy <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly and yet so much of our teachings are exactly that imprinting imprinting and it might not work for you hmm. right so it's connecting to your core nature that allows me to see what things I would do with you to open up and for you to connect hmm. to your truth so instead of this I have a theory of how your life much. should map but out not at all printed upon it no. it's more a case of being curious about yeah the the energy patterns the the, the makeup of you and yes. co-exploring that yes then we can open up possibilities yes and so if I do introduce anything it's because I'm co-exploring and I've I've just had an idea, idea that might open something up. yeah and so it isn't about one size fitting all at all hmm. right and so a lot of the things we get people to do are experiential. So we might do a, a task, which might be something like um, paint anger, for instance. Mm. And then, mm. it, so everyone's anger would look different. Yeah. Right? And then write a poem about it. So it's connecting into your deepest unconscious, mm. which is not mine. Mm. Right? Although having worked as a psychologist for so long, there are common patterns. Yes. Right? And, you know, there's been a lot in the paper about, like, domestic violence and that. You can pick, well, I can pick that pattern really easily. And so I know what questions to ask people so that they can see what's going on. Yes. Right? Whereas if I just said, oh, you're in a domestic violent relationship, they go, no, we're not. 
as opposed to, to asking ask them, them questions, questions for them to surface it for themselves. Yes. Because hmm. how often have many of us been in the middle of something, when somebody comes in and asks you a question, you suddenly realise, this is not right. Yeah, it was like when you asked me a question yesterday, when we had that chat on the phone, it was like, oh, wow, I hadn't thought of it in that way. And that was in terms of, like, because we were talking a little bit about complexity theory and how that feeds in, and that's when I really thought, wow, we really have to develop our minds to be able to see complexity. Yes. And when all our education and all our focus and everything throughout our life is to look within, right? And reduce. And reduce down, yeah. which is analysis mm -hmm. to find out how it works, where it's now time for synthesis. Yes. We need to synthesize the knowledge together. And it, it's interesting because if you, so I got in a debate with somebody who pulls experts so yep. I can link them to the news yep. and, and help them to put their message out. And it struck me that we, the definition of an expert was somebody who could drill down into it. Yet, and, and, and you know, that is put on a pedestal because you know people have many letters after their name because the more letters they have the more finer into the yep. into the uh, the reduction they've gone to yet what it struck me is that we seem to lack lateral experts if totally. we even want to call them an expert yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that's so true in so many areas mm. and so you know i worked in suicide prevention uh, youth suicide prevention a long time ago and I remember being at this meeting and this politician came up to me and said so how do we solve the youth suicide problem and I said well it's it's quite complex because there's a and he says I don't want to hear that I just want one thing that I can do yeah. now to fix it and I just looked at him and walked away because there's not one thing, thing. because every single person is different yes People experience life differently. Yet, and I've spoken about this frequently, yet we are conditioned to look for the one what? thing. Sales and marketing Ta is based on the one thing, thing. or the, the three secrets to, or yep. do this and in eight weeks. But life just does not, not work that way. No. There is interrelated and complexity. And if the last 12, 18 months has shown us anything, right. And, and, and shone a bright light of energy through the hooli. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, is the interconnectedness of everything, of how we work. You start one thing and then another problem arises yeah. and another problem arises and another problem arises. And, and so th this is, I think this is why it's come to the fore for me because I went, I've been through this almost like unsure denial. Yep type phase and that's like no this this this, this is serious now yeah. and and then it leaves you wondering like the you know being an individual reduction expert is is is, is useful but then yeah. how do we connect that and i think one of the I'll probably get off a bit now but one of the challenges i have felt is our response to many of the things that have happened over the last 12 to 18 months have 
have been stuck around the individual reduction viewpoints and has left me thinking, well, when are the grown-ups going to turn up? Yeah. When are the when are the adults with a sense of perspective across all yeah. of this? Yes. Almost like the elders. When are they going to yeah. turn up and go, all right, boys and girls, right? Yeah. This is going to be difficult and we yeah. are going to have to take some uncomfort and some risk and, and, and something over here, but for the better good and how this connects and this, that and the other. And, you know, I had a, I had a chat with a young gentleman only last week about the period between 37 yeah. and, and, and 43. And one of the first things I caveated it with was this may trigger you. And he asked why, and I said, because in order to listen to what I've got to tell you, you have to recognize that I am older than you, and with that I come some more experience. And so yeah. I've done stuff you've not. And this is yeah. not some, like, I've run a business or something. I've just yeah. been through this life thing, and I've explored the stories of others. Yeah. And we don't like doing that anymore. You know, since yeah. the 60s and the postmodern, you know, stick it to yeah. the man, Yep. Kick back. Fuck that. Yep. So, you know, we seem to have mistaken growth and power hierarchies and smashed them both down. Yeah. Where growth hierarchies, they still go on and they have merit. And, you know, there's a big argument that a lot of our culture wars at the moment are because all the different but, parts yeah. are all arguing that their place is better than the other. And we're not just going, well, do like... So yeah. growing and, up, and, in, in 16 years time, you're going to look at this differently. Yeah. And that's the, I suppose, the difference between competitive hierarchies. Yes. Right? Where everyone's competing for that one top spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And circular collaborations. Hmm. Hmm. Where everyone's valued for their contribution to it. And yes. no one person has all the answers. Well, yeah, now... We're in another. Oh, we're in another pet topic of mine <laughs> about collective knowledge, yeah. collective yes. wisdom, and the idea of distributed cognition yep. amongst different people. Yeah, and you know, because we're all one part of, of a pattern. Yeah, the pattern exists in us yep. as a fractal. Yes, but we can't execute all of it. No, in us, not at all. And, you know, we often talk about we are one of one, mm. but we are one of mm. one. Mm. So we are part of everything, but we still have our part to play. Yes. And it's, it is lateral. There isn't the hierarchy that's, that we seem to live under that, you know, this person's better than this person because they've got more money or they've got longer hair or whatever it is. We have these hierarchies in everything. Mm. And what do they actually serve? You know, what do they serve? Mm. They serve the system of hierarchies. Yes. And it gets really frustrating mm. to have this when, you know, there are alternative ways and it's been shown time and time again that these other ways work just as well. Yeah. Um, Can you give me some sort of examples? Team sports. Yes. Right. The, the team, you know, 
there's been teams that have become world champions that have not had one single star in them. Yes. Right? That's them all working together, all knowing their job in that team. Yes. So each person knows their nature, place, and purpose in that team. Right. Right? The, the coach think, knows the nature, place, and I think and most people will have felt that if they've played team sports. Yes. Because there's times when it's all harmonious and so everyone does their role. And there are times when there are either A, people who don't. Yep. Or B, overextend their role. Yeah. And then you get some people that, you know, when there is a star player in that team and they become conceited about it, the team doesn't support them anymore. Yeah. Even if they're, they're, they're not consciously doing it, unconsciously they're doing it. Hmm. Right? And so that's an example of when people work together. And it happens every time there's like a natural disaster. Yes. Even with COVID, everyone worked together. So, 1998, I went to South America. I went to a place called um, Montanita in yep. Ecuador. Right? Yep. And it was El Nino time. Yeah. And I went there at one point and went there a couple of weeks later with my father who came over. And just as I left, the rivers were washing the bridges away, this the electricity had gone off, this yep. blah, blah, blah. Came back 10 days later and the electricity was still off and on the 11th day we were there, electricity comes back on and all this sort yep. of stuff. And whilst most of us were like, oh, that's great, we can get a cold beer and stuff like that and we play some music, yep. they kind of enjoyed it but they were all, also at the same time, most of the, the people who lived in that town, small little village yep. on the coast, were quite disappointed. And it's like, well, I spoke to this guy because my Spanish was good enough grip. And he was like, well, when all the electricity stops, when the bridges stop, this, that, and the other, then everybody puts their money to one side and, um, and we just make food for one another. We eat chicken and rice and we play volleyball all day and we have such a laugh. And then when this <laughs> comes back, then we'll have to go back to these roles that separate each other. Exactly. So our house got destroyed in a tornado a number of years ago, hmm. right? And it was, it was so surreal, but also quite amazing because all the fences in our neighborhood went down. Mm. And so these neighbors that live behind us and all that, who I'd never met, we're all congregated in the backyard every morning having our morning coffee. Yeah. Like everyone's in their dressing gowns and, and it was just so real. And mm. then as soon as the fences go back up, we go into our little worlds and off we go. Mm. Um, you know, and people from, you know, the night it happened, we had someone from another neighborhood coming around and they'd cooked up, I don't know, 30 kilos of sausages with, yeah. with bread saying, is anyone hungry? Yeah. We had um, this group of like five young men, mm. don't know who they were at all, um, could see that there was a whole pile of rubbish and they just went and cleaned it up and hmm. they just came in, cleaned it up, walked on to the next place. So how, so the things that we've just described, how do we place that in the, okay. the so, theory that we've just done? Yeah. So that we, we, we really so, pulled some so nice so stuff out there. Yeah. So how do we place it and use so, it? So, you know, while we have an individual nature, place and purpose, humanity has a nature, place and purpose. Yes. And human beings' nature is to be inquisitive. Yes. 
emotional. Yes. I'll write this down. <laughs> social and patient. Well, impatient, actually. We're, we're actually wired to be impatient. We want yeah. everything done yesterday. <laughs> so when we live according to that, yeah. we grow. Right. Right? So that's our Inquisitive, nature. Positive, emotional. Social and impatient. Social and impatient. Yeah. So that's our human beings' nature is that. Humans' place is as part of so in, the web, yeah, in the web of, of life. Yeah. Like we're no better or no worse than any other living thing. Yeah. And so when we start to think we're more important than something else, we yeah. lose connection with our nature, with our, with our web, you know? Hmm. And so, and our purpose is as terrors of the world. Right. Right? And so when a natural disaster comes, we do all these things. Yes. We Automatically. Care. We care. We care without judgment. We impatiently fix things. We get social, social. We get yeah. emotionally driven and we get inquisitive. Yeah. On how to do it better. And we care for one another. Yes. Right? But when we're separated, that's where the fragmentation comes in and we start to be distrustful of everyone. You know, so what so drives that? What drives that fragmentation then? Is that almost like this imprinted huli? Yeah, probably because we're actually and taught to fear others. Yeah. So it's almost like this self-perpetuating yeah. entity thing that's impressed. You know, because I have... So here's a great example, right? So it's easy for those... It's easy if you want to drop into the world of conspiracies and things, right? Yep. Q drops, all that sort of stuff, right? To go, there is a small amount of people running the world, right? And yet, I, and, and I considered that for a while, yet for me, it strikes me, and one of our podcast guests put it put really nicely, like, let's just take consumer capitalism, right? Yeah really sort of birthed after the Second World War, particularly from people like Edward Bernays, who was the nephew of, of Freud. Yeah. And, and there is a real, and, and as Richard put across, the Richard was the guest, there's a real Freudian nature in, in, in consumer capitalism and, 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 and object fetishism, which is, you know, I am lacking of a thing, I need to feel whole, so I need to buy that thing and put it in me, whether it's yeah. an object, a training, a book, a knowledge, or whatever. Or, or, or whatever it is. Now, so that was probably actively commenced yep. in the sort of like 50s, 60s, and that's where we get stuff like, you know, Mad Men and the ad guys and stuff yep. like that, which is awesome. Uh, awesome little show. And, um, but these things have gained the momentum, right? Yep. Now, those guys created something right and and it was powerful and it was put into the world but those guys are dead now they've gone but this thing seems yeah, to because have, that's their legacy yeah and this thing seems to have continued to have gained momentum and it's got bigger and bigger and bigger so what you're telling me when you tell me there's a conspiracy is that there's someone in the middle holding the steering so wheel I, I would grant that there are people who can knock it from one side to another and people can surf it really, really well. well. But this, this thing's out of control. 
Yeah. And I think that's where I suddenly get to the point of where are the grown-ups who look at this and go, boys and girls, you're playing a game that's not really... Yeah. We we all need to just calm the farm, you know. You could say social media is another one where it seems to be this entity and we've witnessed that. I mean, certainly you and I in our lifetime, we've witnessed that, you know, having a pre-digital memory. We've witnessed this, not only the internet turning up, which is like one thing, uh, but then this social media thing turned up. Yeah, well, see, when I was young, we didn't even have television. There you go. So, yeah, we had, well, we, we did technically have television, but I lived in you didn't. A, a country area and television, mm. was, well, we only had electricity when we put on the generator, mm. so it was like an hour a day. So is, is this where... So would we be interpreting this where, you know, almost like these things of holy has been... Yeah, but it it comes down to... So the realm theory is based on quantum chaos. Yes. Right? Quantum chaos has some very fundamental scientifically proven, like, principles. Right? And one of them is, like, don't take more than you need. And when we violate... Any of those laws, right, any of them, we isolate, we fragment, and then we disintegrate. Yeah, that's where we get the second law of thermodynamics, don't we? Yes, exactly. A closed system will always disintegrate. Yeah. And if you want to look at it more, um, I don't know. So, have you heard of the term self-organisation? Yes. Yeah, so everything self-organises. Right? Yeah. And so the self-organisation of the earth is far greater than the self-organisation of humans. Yes. Right? So, you know, in what you're talking about, we could argue that the self-organisation of the earth is creating this thing for us to isolate, fragment and disintegrate, to remove the humans off the earth mm. so for the self-organization of the earth because we keep just like destroying part whatever right so you could go that far so right. there's multiple levels you could go to about this and if we're trying to find one simple like solution my, my simple solution would be like everyone just find their own nature place and purpose and live from there yeah, 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 yeah. It gets it if you, you had, had to, to reduce it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so there's multiple and ways. And that's your own nature like, within yeah. this. Yeah. Collective. So there's a collective nature, place, and purpose of humans. Yeah. And then within that, we're all got our own nature, place, and purpose. Hmm. And you know, within that, our liver has a nature, place, and purpose in our body. Like everything has its own nature, place, and purpose within everything. Mm. This is where, yeah, we get the different holons. Of... Yeah, yep, yeah. Yeah. And it just, but the really interesting thing, according to realm theory, all of them will have the same core nature as you. So our liver will have the same core nature as our body. Right, when you say core nature. Yeah, so um, that's part of the energy pattern. Right they'll all be connected and each of them will be a reflection of the universe. 
I don't think you quite got to that part on the paper. No, not <laughs> But quite. that's all right. So it does, you know, the more you get into it, the more there is. Yes. Um, and once again, that's from my perspective, from my part in the pattern. That's what I see. Yes. But you might get there and go, well, that's not what I see. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. And so you do what you see, I do what I see. There's no drama mm. about that. There is, even if I, not even if I, if I dial back out of this conversation and take some of the, like even some of the, some of the core basic things about us being connected and having our own role. I mean, the very nature of the fact that, you know, we know that we're all different. Yeah, we're all remarkably similar. Yeah. You know, the 80-20 the rule probably yeah. stands. Yeah. That, you know, 80% completely the same, 20% yeah. different, yeah. despite the fact that like, we like to overextend that 20% yeah. nowadays. There's just, even if you sit and just sit with that and, 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 and let it sink in, it really... Um, It's quite calming. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I often say life is actually really simple. Mm. Any amoeba, which is a single cell organism, lives. Us humans have complicated it so much that we've lost how to live. And so, for instance, we have an obesity epidemic. Yeah. Right? That's because we're eating more than our body needs. Back to... Our nature. Yeah. You know, we're um, taking more than we need. Yeah. Right. You know, some of us don't even breathe properly. A lot of it, well, there's pollution for one. Yeah. But also we don't use our body how it was designed to be used. Hmm. And there's just so many things like that. Right. And yet we cover it over with bullshit stories. And we say it's genetics or it's this medication. Like, the bottom line is we're taking more than we need. Hmm. Or, you know, we're thinking we're better than someone else or less than someone else, and that creates a lot of the social issues. Yes. Yes. Right. Because we walk down the street, we see a homeless person, and we turn away. A lot with, of people. With the advent of, um, and I, I like to test and play with stuff, yep. right? Yep. Um, with the advent of um, modern medicine mm-hmm. and hospitals and life support machines, are we in danger of taking more life than we need? Possibly, yeah. Possibly. You know? Yeah. Because you can, you can put this into the whole COVID and vaccine and places yep. like that. Yep. You know, do we actually need that or do we... Allow people to die out. Yeah. Then that becomes a very ethical question because it it's, it's fine on a global level. Oh, yeah, our population is this. Mm. We need to reduce it by 20%. Yeah, that's great until it comes to your granny. Exactly. Or your mum. Yes. Because for you, those people are more important than other people. Yes. But on the big scheme of things, everyone's actually of equal, like have equal value. Hmm. And so if we live like that, but it's interesting on that, 
thing about the, the medical and, and that. So we have people making deci decisions that allow people to die or live now. And it was really interesting because people, this is going back to my time working with hospitals and having the hospital board to set the parameters because people will say, oh, doctors need to do it and all that. But they've actually found that if you lay out all the facts for people, so they've got this amount of money, right, whatever that money is, do we use it to save this 105-year-old or do we use the money to save five children? Most adult people can make those sorts of decisions on where mm. the money goes. Yeah. Right? But then we make it political. Yeah. And then it gets, it just goes on and on. It disappears. Yeah. And, you know, and all of these are violations of quantum chaos or the, the natural laws of the universe. And so, you know, we just need to live those. Mm. You can see how certainly list uh, soaking this up that when you consider identity politics and identity issues, that we really are just wrestling with. I mean, it, if somebody genuinely identifies as one thing or another, but. At, at another level, it's it's like there is a natural law yeah. in this. Yeah, and that's why Sean describes himself as a human being. Yes. And people go, but why aren't you describing yourself as an Aboriginal man? Well, yeah, but I'm a human being first. Yes. Yeah. And you know, and other, you know, before that, we're a living entity. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. It's bringing it out yeah and we you know and if we look at the world that way like we're all human beings you know we develop that compassion compassion and empathy for the other person hmm. but if we identify as we're this automatically it sets up an us and them yes which then divides us yes so we have divisions through race and sex and bike riders and car drivers yeah it's all artificial. And, you know, if we just remember that, and, you know, that's why I can walk in and sit like this with a person that's murdered someone. Mm. Or I can walk in and sit like this with someone that's created a new album of music. Mm. Everyone is just equal. So... Yeah. Mm. That'd be very triggering for some, <laughs> won't it? Absolutely. Mm. And, you know, sat there with child molesters. Yeah. You know, and if we truly believe we are one of one, I'm not saying everyone has to do that, but someone has to treat them as people. Yes. Otherwise, we make it worse. It's like what you started with, with the, the shadow side. Yeah. As soon as we separate from our shadow... Hmm. We give it more power. Yes. When we separate we from cri criminals and stuff, we give them more power. Hmm. 
And so that's part of that whole fragmentation and, and it just recreates itself. So. Mm. <laughs> I'm very much with you there. <laughs> very much. Um, does it get frustrating when you see this happening? You, you see the patterns in the world, yet you see them being the same errors being replicated and replicated. That's a um, fascinating question. I'd like to say no, I don't, yeah. <laughs> because if I'm really this, that's what needs to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I can't control that. Yeah. Um, but I do get frustrated. Yeah. Um, because and this, I, this, there's, you know, there's always this restlessness to want to do something and have an impact and change yes. and move things. Yes. And, but I think what frustrates me more is people will contact us and say, we, we need to change this because it's not working. Right. And I'll give you an example. Um, an organization that works with Aboriginal people, right, says we can't keep Aboriginal employees. And so we go, oh, okay. And they said, can you help us? And we were like, yeah, we can do that. And we went in and we actually interviewed some Aboriginal people that worked for them. We came back and said, your organisation's not actually culturally safe for them. And they, they turned around and went, yeah, we know that. I said, well, isn't that what you want us to do? They said, no, we want you to make them fit in with us. That frustrates me. Yes. Because that absolutely dismisses the needs of that person. Right? Yet they're required to employ Aboriginal people because all their clients are Aboriginal. But it's not safe for anyone. So it's, it's actually damaging. That frustrates me. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, seeing people being damaged by the decisions of a few. Yeah. And I guess that's, that's what we feel when we see, yeah, people yeah. in senior roles and organisations, particularly for example, government, government and beyond. Yeah, but even, yeah. Even, but even there. Even the person making decisions, so, you know, going to school, the person at that front desk has a huge impact. So if you go to enrol your child yeah. and they don't want to pay you any attention, you don't want to send your child into that place. Yeah. And then you get accused of keeping your child at home, but you're going, it's not safe for my child there. Yeah. Right? And so this is, you know, where there's one way, one way school should be, one way psychologists should be, one way business consultants mm. should be. Well, it's just bullshit. It is. And we need to be a lot more flexible um, to allow people to be people and yeah. who they are. And then allow patterns to emerge. Right. And, you know, I've talked about the core energy pattern. So I know that... Um, based on this realm theory that, you know, about one in eight people will get me and the work we do 
100%. They're like, pull. Another three out of eight, so 50% of the population will be really comfortable what, with what we're doing. Another 30% will be like, oh, it's probably working for some. And then there'll be 10% that go, what a load of shit. Yeah. And that's simply based on the energy pattern because it just means that we're less connected to that person. Yeah. That bit. Yeah. It, it's three sections away. Yeah. Um, and that. And I can accept that. You know? And so, but if all systems are based on this model, you're only ever going to serve at most 50% of the population. Yes. No matter what it is. Now that's interesting because I have a felt sense that I've investigated in others that there's a, there's a growing emergence of feeling that many of our systems and, and, and what have you um, whilst originally had the good intent of protecting small yep. minorities now hold the majority to the ransom or, or, or hold them in the the, yeah. the policies and procedures and the rules yeah. are down here. And then that extrapolates further, which means that people go, well, okay, I can see how these group of people get certain, dispensa certain dispensations yeah. for, for being like this. Fuck it, I'll go and, I'll I'll go and present, present like this to like this, to get that. to this place. And, and you know, look, I got dragged through the family courts for two or three years and, and, and that's, yeah, yeah. And, and there was a lot there, but it, and it frustrated me because I, here I am, I'm trying to just almost, dare I say, rationally, okay, well, what do we need to do? How do we need to move on? And there are many others who are like, you know, we agree to disagree, but this, that, yeah. other, or what have you. But um, but you're stuck in having to play this game, which doesn't seem to go anywhere. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. And because that system isn't serving the actual needs of the people, and the one that I said, humans are emotional. Yeah. Right? So in family court, there's a lot of emotion caught up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And so if the system doesn't allow you to be emotional or you don't have a way of processing that emotion, mm. you use the system to manifest it. Yes. So if you're emotionally stuck, you want the system to be emotionally stuck. Yes. If, you're, if you are really angry, you want someone to be punished. Yes. Yes. Right? And... And so the system doesn't actually serve the needs of the people, it serves the needs of the system. Yeah. I met someone recently who um, is developing a piece of software for mediation dispute resolution, particularly in the family court. And I just said to him, that is going to create far more mental health oh. problems than you would ever imagine. And I just implicitly, implicitly knew, knew it. Yeah, because you're only because looking at the actual process. Yeah. Not the emotional process. You don't get the opportunity to go in there and get emotional. That's going to go somewhere else. Yeah. And that somewhere else could well be yeah. Yeah. unproductive to the rest of society. Yeah. And so we actually need 
in all the systems to look at the humanity within the systems. Hmm. And so many of our systems are have exclusion policies, which make people feel bad. Hmm. Hmm. Right? The, a classic one is our mental health system. Yes. So if you have a mental illness, but you also self-medicate with alcohol or drugs because of that mental illness, you try to get service at the mental health service and they will say your primary issue is alcohol and drugs. Mm. We can't serve you. But then you go to the alcohol and drug service and they go, but you've got a mental illness. We don't have the ability to fix that. help with that. Yeah. We can help with the alcohol and drugs, but we can't help with that. They're interrelated. And so we have this system of exclusion which goes against the laws of, of nature for human beings. Because you're trying to isolate. And then we fragment and, yeah. it, and it just goes on. The other thing is, you know, the um, mental health system only sees serious mental health conditions. Hmm. Right? If you don't meet that criteria, where do you go? And your mental health issue might be really detrimental to your family, right? Causing all sorts of problems at work, but it's not serious enough. Hmm. What does human nature do? You make it worse. Hmm. What do you do? Because you want help. Yeah, you'll come back 12 months later when it is it's, yeah. up there. And, you and know. There's a burnt, scorched path in your way. Yeah. So, you know, if all our systems were based on realm theory, which is really about human lo like hmm. life. So how would mental health provision look like in Rosalind's world? <laughs> 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 because this, is, this is really super interesting to me because there's like, I, I'm going around trying to have coffee catch-ups with people who I know and the biggest question I ask at the moment is, who is dealing with the biggest questions in Western Australia? Like, yeah. where are we going? How are we developing the human capabilities to, to face volatile, uncertain, complex, ambiguous situations? How are we actually embedding, how are we actually even sitting in complexity and interconnectedness? And, 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 and allowing things to emerge, solutions to emerge, rather yeah. than sitting in it for a couple of minutes and then going, it's this, and yeah. then plowing a load of ill-funded yeah. money onto it. And, and nobody can help me. Yep. It, 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 it's presented as, it, it, it's triggering and scary. Some people, most, most of the people who I have these catch-ups with, some of them are past podcast guests, will entertain me, do semi-get it. Yeah. But then it's that's like, who is actually looking so, at it? So, so. And maybe that's my restlessness yeah. of doing it. Yeah. Um, so back to, to what does mental health, health and that's one of the ones yeah, with my hypothesis of this is an appropriate response. Yeah, and, and so we need, well, we need a multitude of alternative models Yeah. because the mental health system in WA at present is actually um, in 
very much a psychiatric model. Your DSM type. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the psychiatrists are in like they make all, most of the decisions, right? And it's predominantly for people with schizophrenia, mm -hmm. bipolar, and really, really, really severe depression, where yeah. they need um, not just medication, right? They don't deal a lot, like they have programs here and there for things like borderline personality. They don't have um, things for people that have dissociation and non-specific mm. things because they don't fit into a neat yeah. box. From, from my experience, there's a lack of proper acknowledgement of the impact of that cluster B personalities. Oh, there's, there's so much. And so if a person says they need help, an expert shouldn't be saying, no, you don't, which is how it feels for people. Yeah. And so, you know, so there needs to be a pathway that people feel like they've got something. Yes. And, and we don't have, we sort of have the extreme acute area we don't have services for people with really chronic mental health problems. Mm. And they used to get a lot more serviced um, in hospital or hostel type thing. They've all gone. Mm. And they're actually not safe for them in society because they are then preyed on by a lot of organised crime stuff and... There's, yeah, and so, um, and there's definitely not very much on prevention. Yes. If anything at all. If we and see where all the funding goes, to, it goes to like, you know, Beyond Blue and this, that and the others, which is, I'll talk you down off the bridge. Yeah, but not what to do then. Yeah, or what's going on at the start of the process. No. Oh, that's and, the start of the and, chain of events. You know, and they talk about prevention when you're already depressed, when yeah. you're already having suicidal ideation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this is 10 steps back. And, yeah, so we... So, you know, that's where I've done quite a bit of work. And that's... Um, so I use... And we still do. It's a community-based system where mm. we up still a number of community members so that they, um, and it's not a treatment at all, but they know what, not what the person needs, but they ha have the, the knowledge and ability to go, ah, that's what you need. Like, these you are triage. your, yeah, but not even a treat, but mm. this is for prevention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I'm not talking about people with serious mental illness yeah they yeah. still and that system works quite well you go to the doctor the doctor refers you on yeah but you still have to have a diagnosable mental health condition you know that step before there's a like this this big group of people that know things aren't right yeah but they haven't actually it hasn't developed fully into a fully blown and this, this, that's the yeah. area that we need. And I 
what you're describing now is I came out of doing a bachelor's degree between 1993 and 1997 at Reading University in England. It was an interesting, you know, I got 2-1, it was an interesting experience, I did well in it, but it didn't flick my switch. It was dealing with the, what I refer to as top and bottom 5% of yes. society. And it's this other and bit. It was like the middle bit. And it was like, we never really dealt with that. Yep. What are the patterns that go through life? What are the significant events? Yes. What happened, you know, why are we not normalizing the fact that, okay, you're, you're coming up to 37. Like, shit's going to get real for you. Stuff's yep. going to happen. And then we talked yep. about there's another one when you get to sort of 50. But six. then there's also the one when you leave school. Yeah. When all of a sudden you're supposed to be an adult. Yeah. And what are we talking about now? Right, some passage. passage. But uh, they're not just rites of passage, passage they're, yeah. right, they're, they're development phases yeah. along the and, way. And there's this belief that once people get to this age, everything's developed. Yeah, 18, off your pop. But it goes on mm. and there's developmental things. And it's in that level, we, we need the more holistic stuff. Yes. We have to understand, understand. patterns. Understand. We, we need to understand also that um, the school system doesn't suit all children. Hmm. Right? Or this work environment doesn't suit all people. And so if you uh, come back to, if you know your nature, place and purpose, you can much easier know where you're going to fit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so there's a, a thing in, and I just love it. Every time I hear Sean or one of the other elders talk about it, it just, I'm like, yes, that's what we need to be doing. So at present, our system is you go into education at three or four, right? And it starts to become hmm. like this. And the Aboriginal way was kids up until about nine or 10 had no law, no formal anything. Hmm. They were actually observed. Right. And they were observed by the elders, the other family members, and they'd be going, hmm, he's showing this. And it's consistent over time. Yeah. And so let's develop that. Right? Yeah. Whereas we tend to put people in little boxes that are predetermined. Sheep dipping almost, yeah. And it, it actually destroys kids. Hmm. You know, all kids are so inquisitive. Yeah. You they're know, very social. They're very social. They're bleeding and patient. And <laughs> they're emotional. And if we nurture that... Yeah. But what happens when we get to school? My, my son's a school teacher. He went out on prac. There was a little kid, little child, I think it was seven or eight years old, and their brother had just died. And the kid came up crying to the teacher, and the teacher said to her, I'll get over it. He died three weeks ago. Get back to your desk. Hmm. Right? And it's like, so where's... And I understand that teachers can't do that, but when teachers have come through my training, our training, they have a different way of dealing with that. Hmm. And so, you know, how I talked about we have art, song, dance, story and language. So they will just have, over to the right, a table set up with art stuff. Yeah. 
if a kid is feeling struggling, they're emotional, it's just like, oh, you might need to just go on over there and do some artwork for the next half hour. When you're ready, come back and join the class. Mm. And as that's set up with no judgment, no discussion about what's wrong, because yeah. that just goes into the story, mm. but it gives the kids a process to deal with the emotions, a very, very natural process. There, there's no big disclose, like they just do it. Mm. And there's no stigma attached to it. And so by the, like halfway through the year, kids will come in in the morning and go, Miss, I need to draw. And she'll go, go. Do that. And they just do that. And then come back, back later. And, and do that. Mm. So there's these little things that we can do regularly with people without saying, you must do this now. Mm. You just have that space for people to be and do what they need to do. Because one thing that it's, my work life has taught me, if we create a space for people, they do what they need to do. Yeah. Which is that negative space. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we don't do that. We give them, we do mm. this. And if we go, no, just sit there. Mm. So there, there's so many things we can do. So many. So many things. Mm. And it doesn't cost a lot. It <coughs> doesn't. You know, teachers have woven it through the curriculum. You know, <laughs> You know, managers have, who've done the training have just woven it into their workplace. Yeah. It's not like it becomes this separate, oh, let's learn about this, this or this. It's just part of life. Yeah. Because all of this is just part of life. It is. And then we can go more gentle on ourselves. Yeah. And it can be less stressful, angst-provoking yeah. and all sorts. Yeah. So should we get on to these paintings? Yes. Or do we have... Yep. Yep. All right. So I have three paintings and each one of them is the different realm understanding. Yes. So this first one is realm one understanding. Yeah. And so over here in this section here. Yeah. You'll see that the person's black and white. Yeah. This is that very simplistic thinking that you started telling me about, you know, you're either good or you're bad. Ah. Right? It's yeah. right or wrong. Now, when we're children, we need that simplistic to learn right from wrong. Yeah. Right? We've got a little B here. We're connected in. Right? We're still connected. Yeah. But our life, our world is quite small. We're quite grounded. We're quite safe. Yeah. Right? So this is a linear understanding of life. Then we go into here and our life becomes bigger. Yeah. Right? But we're actually not connected up here at all. And we're not connected here. And then we go into this turmoil state. Right? But this is like our, our tree of knowledge. Yeah. So this is it growing here and then it gets bigger. And this is like... Um, so this is getting bigger as well. And this is our connection to our nature. Mm -hmm. the, the natural world really but we're sort of free-flowing and then we come over here 
and this our tree of knowledge has gone up to this much higher higher level it's gone through, through this. this and this is our boundary so this boundary is of everyday reality so yeah. this is our everyday reality under here is is the below and in the below there's um, three substances of holy and one of energy but we don't really need to get into yep. that um, and up here is the above which has three forms of energy and one substance of holy right and so we go through and we eventually get here and so yep. the person is actually gold over on the right here yeah. over on the right the very right there's a gold person and yep. that's actually connected to what's below but it what's that this? this almost looks like a monkey face uh it's actually like an owl right oh yeah it is actually um and it's an owl in a cave which which is quite interesting because um so my key to my power yeah in the end is wisdom and the owl right. represents wisdom and so this is my journey more, yeah. but the stages will be similar but the parts will be different and so this person here who's gold over to the right is connected to the owl, the owl and as well, well as. as the growth and the energy source up here right right now this other person that's up above like the rainbow here at the top, here, at yeah. the top that person's actually gold and white right so they've still got that duality thinking but it's not black and white and this is this is where a lot of people believe is where we need to get to yeah but it's above everyday reality yes so this is the person that sees themselves as quite superior yes and that they might have Ubermesh. all yeah and all of that and they're connected to this this is almost like spiritual bypassing this is yeah yeah that sort of thing and and they look down at the world and come up with solutions that aren't based in reality hmm. and you know this could be someone with extreme book learning but no yes. lived experience yes so it's great in theory it could be someone that's developed this um i don't know guru type life mm. that doesn't actually apply to real life mm -hmm. and this is this is a spirit like um so these are both sort of like the spiritual yeah. um but we need the connection of the two sides and so this is like a cat but yes. it's not really a cat um but it just signifies like a higher being hmm. with this yeah above it yeah um and you know we have clouds and in the actual painting it's a little bit more three-dimensional and this part here is really rough this when you're going through here you feel quite out of control mm -hmm. in lots of ways nothing makes sense anymore yes but we've got I think too many people making decisions based from here yeah we down have, here with black and white right, person yeah signifying simplistic thinking and when I said earlier about the politician asking for a, one solution for suicide prevention, that's what they're saying. Yes. And a lot of our leaders are very one-dimensional. Yep. And they only see things from their own perspective of how they've grown up. 
Mm. Whereas here, you're actually exploring a lot of different perspectives. Mm. So that's the everyday reality linear so your of journey. your journey from left to right, right through life, and you know, and so that's the. But this is the every because this is a linear life, mm -hmm. but it's also um, putting in the time and space within here, yeah, and also the energy and holy within these bits. Yes. So, but it's around one understanding. It's very linear. It's very stage orientated. Yes, you get that as you explained yeah. it. Yeah, and you know, this is growing. This is changing. It's evolving. So that is a realm one understanding, but combining realm all one is everyday reality here and now. Here and now, but we're realm also considering realm two and realm three within this painting. Yep. Cool. All right. And this is what I talk about is that I would never have learnt that understanding of Realm 1 until I painted it. And this was actually the first painting I've ever done in my life. Yeah. And because... Was this before the emotions? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, that was... Yeah, but that was a drawing. This is an oh, actual right. painting. Yeah. And it's fascinating that... When I paint, I always do it outside and I always do it with my hands, mm. never use a brush, right. which is so unbelievable to me because I hate anything on my hands. So I hate gardening because I hate the soil. Right. I don't make pastry for the same reason. Yeah, like yeah. dirty in the and yet this is always done. And while I'm doing it, there is no time and space. I'm yeah. just... So that's the realm one understanding. It's interesting, like, having having delved into the world of dreams previously with yeah. a with a previous guest, uh, Debbie. Um, I really got the sense of just how intrinsically personal dreams and the messages of them are. Yeah. So then to actually you know do a piece of art, then it helps. You. Yeah. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so this is um, realm two understanding. Yeah. And this little dot with the little dots around over, over on, on the, the right, right. Yep. represents earth. Yes. Right? These three levels here represent the three so holies. The black, the red. Red and mm. the yellow, the mustard, mustard yellow. yellow. Yep. They represent the three holies below. Yep. I talked about in the other painting, mm -hmm. but you'll see that the other yeah. dots are in it because nothing is ever 100% pure. Yes. So you have the other bits within that bit. Nothing is isolated. Yes, it's all connected. Now, um, this is actually the, the, top left. the top left represents the source of energy. Yep. Right? And this um, line that curls all around across is like the life force. Right. That so is these, yeah. So is the joining together of the energy and holy, which then. So these are holy. The, the, the yeah, they're sort of. Yeah. yeah. And then the one up in the top left-hand corner represents the energy, and it looks the same. Yeah. But and it's, it's actually colored dots. Yeah. yeah. But it's actually the pure source of energy above. Right. Um, and they combine to give us our life force. 
Which is the... The, the line that goes across. Yeah. And that life force is part of our energy pattern. Right. And so each one of us has a tiny, tiny little bit out of that in here. Here, as, as does the Earth, as does the other planets. And what's this little red thing down uh, the bottom right? That's my signature. It's, oh, right. it's three fingerprints. Right, okay. So all my paintings have the three fingerprints, which represent, and each one has three colors, which is realm theory, the right, three yeah. by the three by the three. So that's a realm two understanding. Yeah. And then the third painting we have here. Yes. Goes this way. Um, is a realm three understanding. Yes. And this is the patterns of time and energy, uh, time and space. Yeah. And, and omniety. So the lines that go in one direction all yeah. represent lines of time. So there's right. multi levels of time and it continues on. The ones this way represent right. space. So the ones coming down. down. Well, it does it, right. because it's relative. So yeah, yeah, okay. And the, other and the brown dots at the cross points mm -hmm. um, represent the here and now. Right. And in each of that is where the everyday reality is. Mm-hmm. Right? All these little dots that are all over it, well, I should say the background yes. is actually um, the huli and how that sort of because holy can't flow because it's um, substance without energy, without form. Oh, yeah, so yeah, it it just exists. So each one of the the same color exists everywhere and is connected, but not in the here and now. So that's again. Okay. So each one of the colors in the background represents a different substance of holy. Right. And everything that's the same color is actually connected, even if they're separated. Yeah. All right. And so that and the dots really represent the energy. These bits that are on top, I don't actually know. Right. Um, what that is, but I know it's critically important. And so as I develop my own mind yes i will understand this more what are these sort of orange, orange red, red cloud, cloudy. yeah but they've all got three colors in and it's a different paint altogether right so these are an enamel paint this was all an acrylic paint right um which was you know because this leads into the synchronicity of it all so i had been painting and my husband went to the shop and then he came back and he says, oh, you need these. And he gave me these three right. enamel paints. And I looked at him, I went, I don't need them. What the hell are you doing? And then all of a sudden, it was on here. Hmm. Um, and so often, and this is um, earlier, we talked about the know why. Yes. Sometimes we just don't know yes. why. It something just is. It just is. And that's what this is. They just this, yeah, no it's what. just R. And, Do you have um, a sense that they'll reveal themselves or that they're there just to sit there? I think they'll reveal themselves. You'll also notice that there's three different colours of energy. Dotted lines. Dotted lines. And like 
this one has a source here, this one has a source here, and this one has a source down here. Right. And they all come from different places. Mm. Um, and so our entire world, our entire universe is in one of these brown dots. Ah. And so that contains all of realm one and two, like is in there. And so this and is much wider yet out. there are other dots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is a whole nother... Topic of conversation. Yes, very much so. Um, and it just goes on and on, which is why it's painted right to the edge. Yeah. And it just keeps going in. And it's so almost this like is. A yeah. Small. So these represent the time space continuum. Mm hmm. Yep. Um, but they cross over and we exist in the here on one of them. Right. And you'll notice that if this is time, so this brown dot in the middle is the here in time. Either side is the there. Yes. So this is past and present, past and future in, yep. in round one. But in round two, it's expanding and contracting. Yes. So this side's expanding. That If this side expands, this side contracts. Yes. But then in round three, the time is infinite. So it's, all of it is existing simultaneously. Sure, many of the things that we hear about people playing with when we consider things like quantum mechanics, etc., etc. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, similarly, with the the line of space. Yes. So there you go. So that's the three levels of understanding. Yeah. But it's um, you can't really apply one without the other because they're all interrelated. Yes. So you can, um, I don't know, observe something from a round three perspective, yes. but round one and two is in there. Yes. You can observe from a round two perspective, but round one and three is, is within there. there. Which is one of the original principles, principles you gave me at the start. Yes. Yeah. Um, the really interesting bit is that when you have round one and round two intersecting in the negative space is what creates round three. So they actually recreate each other. Right. So that's again. Okay. So um, round one, the interaction between round one and two. Yes. Creates round three. The interaction. Tell me about the interaction again. It's. Oh, it's so. The inter if we use you as a thing, yeah, as a thing, <laughs> as a thing, yeah. Sorry, so you as bring here, yeah. This is your physical body that's yes. here and now. Yes. Within there is realm two. Yes. Your body and realm two of the energy and holy create realm three, which is time and space. Yes. Right. I see. Right. Realm one and realm three together create the energy and holy. Yeah. Because the the energy is in the negative space of time and the holy is in the negative space of space. It's so interconnected. Yes. But when you really understand, and then it's all how it all flows together mm. and how um, 
there's a pattern that allows energy to flow exactly how it needs to, hmm. um, then everything's in harmony. Last, last question before I ask you the last question, <laughs> because I've finished the board. So, how have you gone out and tested this? How have you gone out and almost verified it, tested it, if you, if you know what I mean? Because it's one thing to, to say, say, it's like one thing I, to say if you have the, if you develop the mindset to understand it, then you know, but then. Okay, so all my work has tested it. Yes. And so I use this in the treatment of mental health. Right, right, yeah. Right? And I use it in um, changing the structure and organisation of a company. Right. Right? Because once you understand the self-organisation and how everything goes together, you can create things to happen. I used it um, so in a really previous job, um, I was a manager of a division of general practice and one of the things was um, to get GPs to follow best practice in a whole range. The, the thing is, the doctors believe they're doing it. Yes. Right? Yeah. So if you say, oh, we want you to do this, they go, we're already doing it. So nothing's going to change. Yeah. And so by using this, I worked out that, and you to change a system, you need three, which is because of the three realms, you need three people to come on to, to change a system. Yeah. And so what I, I did, I put out that we're going to get GPs to do an audit on one tiny aspect of one chronic condition. Yeah. Right? And we just randomly selected. Yeah. And we selected like 10 doctors out of the 120. And what we said is each year we're going to do 10 GPs. And this one GP rang me out. But you waste of time. What are you doing? You know, I know I'm doing all this. And I said, all right. You do the audit, show me that you're doing it, and then we don't have to have any other d discussion about it. Yeah. And so he went off and did it. Yeah. And what we were looking at was, just for context, was diabetes. Yes. Right? And the clinical guidelines say you need to test their blood pressure every three months. They need to have this particular test every six months and this one once a year. And so what the thing was, the next five patients you see with diabetes, you just do a quick audit or you give it to your receptionist to do an audit. Yeah. And he found that on you know three out of the five, he hadn't done a blood pressure for a year. Yeah. And he was absolutely shocked. So he actually wrote a newsletter article saying every GP should do it. Yeah. What happened? Every GP, not every, but Most, they started yeah. and it changed the culture, hmm. right? Which also changed the, the culture in, oh, Rosalind has some ideas. Yes. So then they started reaching out, oh, do you know how to improve this, right? Typically when we have a problem, we either hire more people or 
do something. But this teaches us to consider it in different ways. ways. Yeah. And when you understand... Rather than doubling down on the problem. Yes. And, and often our, our response to a problem... Is... It, well, or, or to work harder. Yes. Which then doubles the size of the problem yeah. because you did the same. And I knew all I needed was one GP to recognise because it's human nature to believe that we're doing a good job. Yeah. And, and you know, we're doing it most of the time because what I wanted to implement was a, um, a computer system that would actually pop up and say, this person needs, you know, so it would come up. Yeah. And this was way before most GPs had computers. So it was all. Yeah. But so there's so many things we can do, right? And so if you want to change the culture of an organisation, you use, the, and we call it the power of three, and we get three, either three groups or three whatever, what from different parts of the um, corporation to actually go through and experience part of this. Yeah. And then they, and then the ripple effects go on to other people. Yes. Because this, the self-organisation of this person has changed. So mm. then that impacts everyone else. Yeah. Um, so I, we do a lot of work with generational trauma. So, you know, and this was just last week, a woman rang me, an Aboriginal woman, who'd come to a, a training because her workplace said she had to, and she came to assess whether our training was suitable. And so while she was in the training, I really felt like she wasn't that involved or anything. She was questioning, like, and really didn't share hardly anything of her life. And this is 18 months later, she's rung me and she said, I just, um, she actually wanted to, because she's got a new job now, she wanted some other information, but she said, I just want to tell you that what you taught me has changed everything in my life. Yeah. Um, because before I was so ashamed of what had happened to me that nobody knew and I was just pushing it all down and all of that. And then you made me, like through the process, realise that it wasn't my fault, it wasn't this. And so she said, well, then why am I carrying all this? So she was able, because we teach three steps for... Um, is to acknowledge it, express it, and then let it go. Yeah. She said, you know, it was actually really easy to let it go because I had attached all this importance to it, which didn't mm. belong. But she said, but not only that, because I've done this, my kids are now doing this, doing this and I haven't actually told them anything. And, you know, I have a brother that's lived with me for the last 15 years and he's chronically suicidal. And every day I'm worried about him. She says, I just started speaking about her experience. She says, and this week he's gone and left and got a job. Oh. Right? And she says, so the energy has changed in that family, which yes. has then allowed him to change without even doing very much at all. Yes. Yes. So there's lots and lots of applications. And before I came here, I was talking to someone else and they were asking me the, a very similar question. And so I've used it for human type stuff, right? I taught 
a few years back to an exploratory geologist who was really interested in it. And he said he wants to do it so that he can see the patterns for oil exploration. Right. Which is totally not my area. Yeah. And then, um, so we have a program called Leaders Without Borders, hmm. which is, a, it goes over three years, um, seven weeks. So it's two weeks in the first year, three in the second, two in the, the third intensive weeks um, to actually develop the mind to that level. And the people that were wanting to do it are financiers Hmm. because they want to see if they can use this for the money markets, Hmm. right? Because everything follows this pattern. And, but I don't know that knowledge. Yes. I know the knowledge of how, what experiences people need to develop that. Yes. So that's what we give people is the experience so they can find it themselves. Embed it for themselves. And embed it for themselves. And then they can use all their substantive knowledge in their industry to to align that industry with with the natural laws of the universe. It's actually simple. Mm. Very simple. I, I know like we've talked you know, to actually develop your mind, you don't actually have to understand all of that. Yeah. What do you have to do? Just It's have this struct... Well, for me, um, because my core energy is about teaching, I teach experiences and I have a, a structured um, step-by-step, stage-by-stage way. The Aboriginal elders who also develop this do it in a um, much more non-linear, non-verbal way and you watch them work and it's just like, oh. But our Western mind feels like it rejects that way. Yes. And so this is one way of doing it. It's not the only way. Yeah. And you'll know people that actually understand this intrinsically. Yes. Yes. And you'll see it in um, movies. Mm. You'll see it in, you'll feel it in songs. You'll feel like when it aligns with the natural laws, it resonates with us. Yes. And so that's, you know, it is about us finding that. Mm. So. That is so cool. So the last question I ask all my guests is, it's pretty huge after that, <laughs> is um, if, if I was too able to slow everyone down for five or 10 minutes, everyone, and you could just pop a question into the collective consciousness for all of us to consider individually, mm-hmm. what would that be? what popped straight into my head is what are the secrets of the universe? Mm. And the second one was what's the meaning of life? Yeah. <laughs> what are the secrets? Secrets of the universe. Why do you think that popped up? Because that plays on the inquisitiveness mm. of people wanting to know this. Yes. 
Yes. And consider consider, consider life bigger. Consider well, something bigger than themselves. Yeah, and consider that there are secrets of the universe. Hmm. Hmm. It's been awesome talking to you today. <laughs> well, it's been quite, quite. It's been really good because, as I said to you on the phone, I, I've developed this, and I haven't really had the opportunity to sort of talk to a lot of people about it. Hmm. Um, yeah, and I've I've talked to some people but you often get people just like this is too much yeah so it was really good and your questions were on the money that thank was really you good. so if somebody wants to reach out and find you how do they do that um we have a website wisdominyourlife.com.au there you go and we have a whole range of different programs all using this but in all different levels hmm. So we have um, healing programs for those that have fragmented minds. We have unifying humanity for those that want to connect energetically with the rest of the humanity. And we have the Leaders Without Borders program, which actually teaches the whole, all of this mm. and develop your mind to that. And we also have training for like mental health professionals who want to use this yeah. um, with their clients. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. That's all right.